Thank you to Liquid IV and Babbel for sponsoring this video. I'm so ready. All right. Do it. Let's go. By the way, if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, if you don't mind giving us a rating, really help us out. We'd appreciate it. Like you said. Um, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, I think the only other Denis Villeneuve film that I have seen is Dune, which, as previously mentioned, uh, was my favorite film of 2021. Uh, the cinematography, the music by Hans Zimmer, uh, the characters. Obviously, I know he brought back Josh Brolin in that film. They have a rapport together. Um I know he's made a ton of other films, Arrival, um, Prisoners, many other uh, incredible films. Enemy. Yes, uh, which, I mean, this guy is a freaking amazing director. Uh, I was so invested in this entire film just from uh, storyline, uh, from the storyline and from the characters. Uh, from the second that that beat uh, started drumming on with the score, mm -hmm. uh, my heart started uh, pulsating immediately. Uh, yeah. This film is a great example of uh, building suspense uh, throughout. Yeah, and tension, yes. Um, but, um, yeah, the um, uh, just the um, uh, the scope of the film, the cinematography, just chef's kiss, absolutely phenomenal. And, I mean, you really had a lot of layered characters and also characters who were dealing with a lot of, cra uh, you know, just trauma and stuff from the – especially, I mean, Alejandro uh, – I mean, it was the standout, at least acting-wise. The acting throughout uh, from all the characters, or all the actors, excuse me, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal acting from everyone. Um, Guillermo del Toro, for me, I think for you as well, was uh, particularly the standout. Um, just what his character was dealing with. And I know you called what was going to happen with that scene in the end. I'm obviously not as smart as you, so I didn't see that coming. Uh, but again, again, just at the beginning there, or... From the, you know, from his tremors and then waking up and seeing like I, I just think that's the power of uh, you know his Benicio del Toro's acting. Just seeing that trauma, I, I could just tell right away from uh, you know his acting just how much trauma this guy has has been through, um, and I just appreciated that in his performance and yeah. just seeing like what this man had. Uh, and then I like that right away we didn't get that reveal of what had happened. It was like building and like we had just talked about with, you know, building up suspense and tension. Yeah. That it was kind of it, yeah, exactly. It was kind of like a thing with his character just letting us the audience just wait until the proper moment to let us in on, you know, we kind of get a hint of okay, this guy's definitely got some trauma clearly from the tremor, but you know, there was a time to reveal this, um, um, why he's doing and when she kind of caught him with uh, Sitwell from Captain America or from the MCU, like, that's when it was all revealed after she had punched uh, Josh Brolin's character. And, uh, I mean, uh, that was insane, uh, that whole reveal and just uh, what had happened in that. I mean, my jaw just dropped to the ground. Uh, I got a lot more to say, but what did you think of the film? I thought it was great. I thought it was great from start to finish. Yeah, it really does, from that opening scene really pulls you in from from the music to the sound design mm. to the mystery or the reveal, the fact that there's bodies in the wall to that explosion. Like, yeah, I saw me. That scared the crap out of me. Uh, but yeah, that's that's very real, and that's a very. It felt authentic. I don't know the degree in which this movie is based off of real events that happens in Mexico, but it felt authentic from every aspect of this movie uh i liked watching emily blunt be our point of view in this movie because it really she, i feel like she's my, more of a traditional 
uh, protagonist, to say uh, so to speak, because you know she is that person that's by the book. She does want to actually fix things or help people, and then she's put within these people that don't have the the clearest or cleanest of motives. They are there to do a job, which is to bring order in the way that they feel is obtainable to uh, to Mexico to the cartel, and. Yeah, that whole journey was really incredible. Even the way that this movie visually represents those sort of aspects of like, you know, even at the end where um, Emily Blunt's character is in light and Benicio Del Toro or Alejandro is like shrouded in darkness, especially after the events of what he just did, this horrible, horrendous thing, you know. And I like the fact that this mystery about him is held to the very end to like the audience absolutely uh, needs to know it or like holds it out because it really has you flip in your perspective of how you view Alejandro mm-hmm. because you think like, Oh yeah, he, he's on our side. He's with Emily Blunt. Like, okay. Like even we don't trust Josh Brolin, but like we can, we can trust him because he helped us because when we're about to die, when we're about to be murdered, he was there. And just for that flip of, Oh no, he is there to do a job. He is there on his own personal mission, his own personal vendetta because he experienced a horrible, horrible tragedy. From a prosecutor to, to essentially the punisher. Yeah, a lawyer, right? right? From a lawyer to someone who is willing to do any mean murder by any means necessary to do whatever it takes to accomplish a mission. So watching that, it was, it was, it was sad. I know uh, I didn't know exactly where it was going to go. Like, I'm very curious as to where the sequel goes because yeah. as I'm looking at the screen now, uh, it doesn't look like Emily Blunt in the movie. It's just. Just Josh the, Brolin and Benicio uh, Del Toro, which means the light of this movie, the light that Emily Blunt and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan- Daniel. De, uh, I don't know his last name. Da- not Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya brought to this movie yeah. uh, is not going to be present in the second one. So I imagine the second one's going to be even more shrouded in darkness. I don't think um, Denis came back for the second one. So if we no, get the chance to watch that. that, I'm curious to see how that yeah, contrasts. Yeah, because I, I believe he was doing The Arrival, so I don't think he did. Uh, um, but yeah, sense. no, in, in terms of Benicio Del Toro's character, yeah, I'm most fascinated to see where we go with his character because, all right, your mission is done. You've gotten retribution for your family. So where do we go with, uh, with his character? So I, I am very curious with that. I definitely want to watch the second one for sure. Cause oh, 100%. This, yeah, because I, I, I did see that that one has a pretty high ranking not as high as this one but it did have a pretty high ranking so also um, the hurt locker never seen that one i th- might have seen that a long time ago i might have fallen asleep because I, I was tired <laughs> not because the movie was born i know Catherine bigelow directed <laughs> you say you it. hate it okay you uh, hate woman okay, directed. I, I, I hate it sorry um but um yeah no and uh like you said too the the first scene just really sets the tone for yeah. the rest of the film i also love too i mean i think you made a great point with emily blunt's character just like you know, she goes by the book and it's kind of like the audience POV almost too in terms of like uh, just like the everyday common person in terms of like just like how we would deal with the situation in that. And then oh. these guys just play outside the rules and ju- justifiably so like with I mean other I mean, we do get the reveal that, you know, they're trying to control it. But again, they're playing with guys who play outside the rules, too. So we understand their motivations and why they're doing what they do. So I thought that was justified. Uh, in the end, you know, do the what's the old saying? Do the means justify the ends, kind of thing, the right? The or means. the ends justify the means? <laughs> Such a reverse. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that. Like I said, that that first scene, just I mean, what a tone setter. Because uh, I didn't mention it sixty five times uh, in the reaction. Uh, 
the cinematography by Roger Deakins. Again, like I said, Dune was my favorite film. Uh, a big part of it was the cinematography, and I understand, I believe that was Roger Deakins, if I'm not mistaken. If I am, let me know in the comment section. I understand why Denis Villeneuve loves working with this guy. I mean, this guy has an eye for, uh, I was going to say an eye for the sky, which he did on a lot of those shots, but... I mean, this guy with the cinematography, he is unbelievable. Those shots in the sky. Um, I, even some of those shots where we were in, uh, on, like, on the car where he had the the, uh, the camera and with, we were going along for the bumpers. I mean, it, it, he really made you feel that sense of, I mean, like we were talking about suspense and tension where we were, like, feeling like we were in the cars with these uh, with these people, uh, you know, with the uh, uh, what, DOD and all of them. I mean, he just did such a, a great job of, you know, making you feel like we were there with these guys. And I, the cinematography was so breathtaking. I, like I said, I got to imagine that this was in consideration if it was not nominated uh, for an Academy Award. What do you think of the cinematography? Oh, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was uh, amazing from top to bottom. Uh, just the way that it used color and the way that it really put you in the shoes of Emily Blunt and... Even when we're in the car, we really feel uh, the effects of what's happening. Like uh, the, the scene that comes to mind uh, that I was referring to is uh, when we're in this, the car with uh, John Bernthal and with um, Josh Brolin and Alejandro. And yeah, even just the the close nature of that, it felt yeah. You just really feel the um, yeah that that interrogation. But I think also what more specifically comes to mind outside of that scene was the scene at the end of the movie uh, when they're in the cave and you just felt like the claustrophobia oh and the tension yes, of that. Yes, and, that was uh, incredible. Between the thermal and the night vision, I thought that was a great scene. I was so I don't know how they were able to capture all that. That was amazing. That was Truly. so cool. And then also to a lot of the shots too how, with how they had it lit up mm -hmm. or or decided like hey we're not going to actually put because a lot of times if you know anything like you know how they have lights up on set yeah they chose not to do lights and i actually thought that was a wise choice because there's times where we you know where you watch a movie like this is way too dark alien vs predator requiem this is way too dark <laughs> and i had to get specific this is way too dark i can't see anything it, there were times in this where i thought it was actually appropriate because now we can get a feel for what the these characters are going through yeah um and also too like that one shot where he had uh Sitwell, you know the, the silvio i believe the police officer like i could barely see anything but it was just enough to where like again i could i, I felt like i was there in the scene uh yeah, with totally. those characters so again cinematography absolutely phenomenal um the action in this film Along with the sound design, you really feel, I mean, just from the cars screeching and all the bullets flying, you just feel the impact of all these bullets, all these characters when they're firing guns. It's just, uh, it's incredible just how authentic and organic all these, uh, all the action was in this film. I thought it was absolutely incredible. Again, from the tone setter of the, the opening scene, uh, all the action was done well on the squibs and, uh, you know, all the special effects that were done on set. Uh, what do you think of the action? Uh, I thought the action was great. You know, it was it was uh, really shocking when it it was used very tactically. It was used and it wasn't overused. It was used in moments of not necessarily shock, not for shock value, but right. when it did happen, when it did play naturally into the story, it was shocking. It was, in some senses, tragic when we lost Silvio. You know, and I thought that was very smart of them to put Silvio as a character like we kind of kept checking back in with because we thought he would be 
like you you saw us. We thought he'd be like the kingpin, or we thought he would have some major role within the story. Right. Turns out he was just this officer uh, who was taking up a line of of crime yeah, uh, in order to to, to his help family. his family. Yeah. And Benicio del Toro coming in contact with that guy, mm. and you see that he's just a cannon fodder. He's just another casualty in his crusade to avenge his family. Uh, yeah, I thought that was very impactful because it really it, it serves two purposes. It shows that you know death is just so cavalier, so like just a Tuesday in this world, <laughs> but but yeah, also yeah. shows the the lengths in which Benicio del Toro's darkness goes. You know, he's he's not above killing children. He's not a, he's above pleading and letting you know that you have a family like he does not care all right reject nation so today i want to share something with you that has been a wonderful addition to my health and fitness journey that i discovered during the holidays and that is liquid iv's hydration multiplier i'm down to my very last packet and i'm freaking out but it's okay i got more in the mail now a lot of you have been so kind to notice how i've been working on my physical health thank you for all the compliments and one thing i learned is that proper hydration is absolutely crucial especially post-workout and pre-filming after post-workout and my wife actually introduced me to this product which is perfect because we not only care about quality but a good taste and quality product whether it's after a sweaty workout or just after you know a good night out you know what i'm saying efficient hydration and replenishing electrolytes is key you just feel better and it tastes fantastic i can't emphasize that enough another thing that i'm always on the lookout for too is products that have zero sugar or zero sugar added because that's one of my main dietary restrictions throughout the week and they of course got products that fit that description that also taste good too so yes thank you so much so liquid iv's hydration multiplier is in summary is they are a non-gmo electrolyte drink that delivers hydration into your bloodstream faster and more efficient than water alone because sometimes drinking a whole gallon is not always efficient but in fact it can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water i'm also big on efficiency plus it's packed with 11 essential vitamins and we know vitamins are good for the body it's vegan soy free gluten free and dairy free you can customize the water amount to your taste again perfect for post-night recovery traveling or just having a big night out you know what i mean no I'm so if you want to boost your support for the channel and boost your hydration game go to liquidiv.com and use promo code rejects at checkout that's liquidiv.com promo code rejects and remember liquid iv it's not a real iv but it sure feels like it so stay hydrated, stay healthy, and let's keep crushing those health and fitness goals together in the year 2024. Hello there, esteemed viewer of The Real Rejects. I, Greg Alba, language connoisseur and worldly gentleman, am here to bestow upon you the secrets of Babbel. Babbel is an engaging language learning app designed for real-life conversations, offering quick 10-minute lessons tailored by linguistic experts to effectively teach you a new language. Its conversation-based approach, enhanced with speech recognition technology, makes Babbel worth trying for anyone looking to learn at their own pace, anytime, anywhere. My dear friends, in this age of monolingual Mundanity, mundanity, mundanity. Mundanity. Babel is our beacon of hope, crafted by an army of over 150 language experts. Their lessons are like linguistic caviar, rich, refined, and oh so satisfying. Personal tale of triumph. I once whispered sweet nothings in Spanish, or for the layman, Espanol, to my wife, courtesy of Babel. Her reaction, well, I'll tell you, she was utterly bewitched. Greg, you silver-tongued devil. No paraphrase. She exclaimed such vocabulary as I basked in the glory of my perfect pronunciation. Because Babel isn't just about learning words. It's about embracing the art of conversation with podcasts, live classes, and a veritable smorgasbord of interactive lessons. I know the words I'm saying. And their speech recognition? It's like having a personal language butler, ensuring every syllable 
is impeccably crisp. Now brace yourselves for an offer of monumental proportions. Here's a special limited, limited, time. limited time deal for our viewers and listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription. But again, only for our viewers at babbel.com slash rejects. 55% off at babbel.com slash rejects. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash rejects. Rules and restrictions may apply. Join me, the Greg Albin, the adventure of language mastery at Babbel. We shall not just learn no, nay. We shall conquer the world of communication. Or as they say in Spanish, comunicación. <laughs> We're done with this ad. Yeah, you and know. I also thought that was interesting, too, the way it showed how Alejandro, how much he, he cared for uh, uh, Emily Blunt's character and why he did. Uh, and, like, when pushed to the limit, like, how he, uh, why he had to stop her when he did in terms of when she saw what she did. And then also why he had to sign uh, the way the paper and like he didn't want to have to do that because no. reminded him of his daughter. I thought that was an uh, you know an emotional touch to the film. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this film was extremely well balanced from the emotional uh, and the action. Just everything was just across the board. So many uh, complex layers that Denis Villeneuve was able to just land and execute uh, from the acting to the production design to the cinematography, the music. I mean, just. So many damn good things in this film. I'm so impressed. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see a lot more of uh, his films. He's just so good. Same, same. No, he's truly a masterful director. Um, from Dune to Arrival to um, this movie, Prisoners. to Enemy Prisoners. Yeah, gotta see that one. I think yeah, this is one of the few I have not seen of him. I get it. And yeah, he's very versatile in in his subject matter, but still has that air of uh, tension. To his his filmmaking, this he, movie made me feel sad, um, educated. I think what made me the most sad was um, the family at the end. That made me sad, yeah. But seeing all the families have to get uh, deported because, yeah, we see the world that they're coming from. You know, a world of people getting <laughs> shot on the freeway, a world of yeah. bodies being hung. I would not want to over the. Over the freeway, yeah, you know, and yeah, man, well, and it, it, it really adds perspective into why there's so many people trying to flee. And um, you, and just to add to your point, you see, like when they're playing the soccer game at the end, after you know they had just dealt with their father Silvio, uh, or from the soccer player's father and the woman, uh, her husband, they're just playing a soccer game, and then gunshots are going off, and like, oh, okay, let's just continue the soccer game. Like that's just a regular day occurrence, so understandable why you'd want to flee from something like that i mean oh. who would want to live something like that every day so uh is there anything else you want to add before we get to some of our fun trivia uh, facts? no let's get some facts in okay yeah, i and obviously guys as always i can't read every single one we would be here for a very long time i'll just read a like a few or 10 or 15 or 20 and then uh you guys let us know in the comments section some other incredible ones that we uh did not get to but I'll start with the very first one because it looks like 2,162 people found this one interesting, even though it's a little bit long. So yeah. bear with me Brace at up. all. While Benicio Del Toro's character is frequently silent in the movie, he initially had more lines. In the original script, the character explained his background several times to Kate, oh, Del Toro no. said. And that gave me information about who this guy was. But it felt a little stiff to have someone you just met 15 minutes ago suddenly telling you what happened to him. 
and who he is. Working with director Denis Villeneuve, Del Toro began cutting some of his dialogue to preserve the mystery of who the character is. I like that a lot. Yeah, Villeneuve estimated they cut 90% of what Del Toro was originally intended to say by screenwriter Taylor Sheridan. Like Del Toro, Villeneuve saw power in stripping the character down to a brooding silence, stating that the dialogue belongs to plays and movies are about the movement, character, and presence, and Benicio had all that wise choice. Again, we talked about that while we were doing in the beginning of this review. That yeah. you know we liked that mystery that he was shrouded, and also too that tremor and just like again, just seeing the trauma when he was waking up from his nap on the jet. Like again, I like seeing that that mystery of the character. If he would have announced right away, I mean, it just takes away some of that mystery. And again, it, it is yeah. what it is. I still would have liked the character, but I think that that was such a wise choice. Yeah, he's also there to service the story. You know, it's not about the actor's sense of how much screen time am I getting or how much dialogue do I have. You're there to be part of this larger ensemble. And I feel like not having him say a lot of things really added to his character, made it more impactful because when he did speak, it really, uh, it really served a purpose. Mm. And by withholding all of that you you felt his presence a lot more oh, yeah. than probably what he would have said oh yeah and yeah it was very smart of, of and it was to cut all that and also too as audience members it was interesting like wait what happened was it a family member what, what, what what's the deal with this character like yeah, i thought that was the mystery yeah the mystery uh having just completed the film everest an exhausted josh brolin turned down originally turned down this film cinematographer sir roger deacon sent him an, e- an email and Imploring him to join the project, since it was so uncharacteristic of Deacon of Deacons to take this stand, Josh Brolin immediately changed his mind. Wow! All right, so if Ryder Deacon sends you an email, you get on it. Um, interesting. That was a good fact. Yeah, it's cool. I like what? that he he. Oh, I'm glad he did. My Josh Brolin. I mean, I, I, I. He's also a fascinating character. The fact that he was so. Cavalier, the fact that we were introduced to him wearing sandals, wearing sandals for him to be, granted, not as brutal, at least what we're seeing of um, as Alejandro, but he still has that sense of like, yeah, we're, we are the good guys. No, we're, 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 we're necessary. We're not claiming to be good, but we're necessary because right. what we're going against is worse. Yeah. I'll do a few more. Yeah. Aaron's like three more later. <laughs> when discussing the score with composer, sorry if I mispronounce. Uh, Johan, Johan, where, where at? Johan. Okay, Johan Johansson, director Denis Villeneuve said he wanted the sound of of a threat. The sound one, of threatening. The one film Villeneuve used as a comparison was director Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Mm. Makes total sense because, like I, I said, that. from that first moment we got that pulsating beat. I just I felt tension and threat like yeah, it was that. A very tension intense score. Yeah, and throughout the, the whole film, film, like I I could feel that. So again, wise choice and uh, Jaws is a good staple example to look through for uh, for a threatening uh, feel from a score. Like it's one of the greatest scores of all time. So yeah. very makes sense. Totally. Uh, give you a couple more guys. Uh, actress Ke- Emily Blunt, who plays Kate, was so sick from food poisoning whilst filming in Mexico. And also, too, fun fact before I continue this, that happens so much. I remember in the film Total Recall, uh, which was filmed in Mexico, everyone got sick on that film because of what they were eating in Mexico or drinking the water, except for Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he always has all his food and stuff uh, is always flown in from America. I oh, think wow. the same thing happened in Predator. Let me know if I'm wrong on that one, but I believe that's uh, always the case. But sorry, 
Continuing here, was so sick from food poisoning whilst filming in Mexico that she required IV fluids between takes just to make it through her scenes. Oh, my God. I mean, like, when I'm sick, just in general, I can't do anything. So kudos to her for, I mean, granted, she's being paid a lot of money. So it's like, obviously, she's doing a a job. But still, yeah, what a troop. I mean, mean, these are emotional, intense scenes, what she's doing in most of this film. So I can only imagine from food poisoning. I've had food poisoning once or twice. It's not a pretty sight it's it's pretty bad so uh to have iv take uh, or uh, iv fluids and to still be able to continue on damn yeah let's let's go one more in all right let me find a good one uh yeah no she was really great for Ah. i could not tell that she was sick Oh, yeah. No, I, you never tell. I just felt like she was stressed out, which, you know, maybe well, it added to her to, performance. Yeah. Yeah. The scene that she was uh, she was sick was when John Bernthal was there. Right. <laughs> for, for the sequence involving the thermal and night vision goggles that were non-functional, a props man heated the soles of his shoes so his footprints would register more prominently throughout the length of the shot. Two systems oh. were used, one for night vision and one for, for thermal imaging. Yep. In order to differ differentiate between the two POVs. The production only had the use of the FLIR FLIR SC8300 infrared camera for one day. For one day? Mm. Wow. Very cool. That's impressive. Yeah. That's been a very stressful and long shoot if they only had one day to use it. Very cool. Well, if there's any other facts that, well, I mean, there's clearly way more facts we could have gotten into, but let us know some of the more interesting uh, other facts that we did not get into down below we'd love to hear um yeah let us know more facts let us know how you felt about the movie let us know what you thought of our reaction and should we do the second one as well should we do the second one i want to see it but we want to hear from you guys yeah like this video tell your friends about it we had a i wouldn't say a good time but we had an interesting intense time watching yes intense yeah okay thank you guys so much for watching and have a great rest of your day this is y'all brian perry oh Brian, Brian, Brian. Brian. Oh, the countless things I can say (laughs) about Brian Perry. Brian Perry. Just Brian Perry is that, you know? He's a a Brian Perry of sorts. He's the Brianist Perry. Some might even call him Perry, Brian. But we call him Brian Perry. Brian T. Perry, and the T stands for the Perry. I get so like no the amount of information I have to shout out Brian <laughs> Perry is it feels overwhelming. It's enormous. It's, it's hard to just look. It, it, imagine you can a, fill several encyclopedias. Imagine a Netflix account and you're looking at your stream and you're like, which Brian oh, Perry fact do oh, I pull from? Oh, There's so many oh, Brian Perry oh, facts. Oh, I have oh. it in the supernatural section. I have it in the comedy section. I have it in the drama section. Just so many brian perry's to choose from of facts and i just can't decide it's just overwhelming brian perry perry comma brian whoa all you gotta know is if you just think of anything uh, a fantastic it's we call that a brian perry picture is next to it these are specific facts about brian perry that we know about brian perry brian's out here brian's on planet earth Brian, he's, he's pledged to a Patreon because that's Brian Perry, man. Stuff that he cares about. He has a B at the beginning of his name. Yeah, Brian Perry is his name. In case you guys didn't catch the memo, absolutely. And the name is spelled in an interesting way, which means Brian is probably an out of the box 
thinker. And that's what the O in the Brian sounds for. for Brian, Brian Perry. Of the box. He's yeah. Brian Perry, man. These are facts. These are all yeah. facts about Brian Perry. And I mean, Fun Perry, facts. like that's a that's a prolific name in and of itself. There's so True. many notable historical Perrys, and you are one of them. Yeah, you are one yeah. of them. You must be related to a Luke or a Matt. Yeah. You're a Brian. You're the Brian of the Perrys, man. Or Perry Nemiroff. So Perry, Brian, comma, Brian. Brian I just wanted to say, my friend, Perry, that um, I'm glad we got to finally Cairo. tell people why you're great. Mm-hmm. And I think we communicated that message well. I hope you have a great rest of the year.